them and grant them your own sweet peace in the name of Jesus and everybody said, Amen. God bless you. Well, this morning we're going to talk to you about another little power tip for rebooting your 2019. And so we'll throw to that first video, thanks. And this morning I'm going to talk to you about the power of the tongue. Within our words and unseen power is set in motion. The tongue is a small thing, but like a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. Once spoken, our words begin blazing a trail in the hearts and lives of those around us. One kind word can demolish guilt. It can inspire hope. But the same words have also embraced hatred and executed innocence. Once spoken, our words scorch through feelings and emotions on a level that only they can produce. Your words set a chain of events beyond your control of which you will never know. One word can destroy beliefs, harden hearts, cultivate hatred. But they can also demonstrate faith, display forgiveness, and nurture love. The power of life and death lies in a single word. And we, in the image of God, have this power in one word. To your neighbor and say to them, I bless you in the name of Jesus. So at the start of this brand new year, we would like to encourage you to reboot your life. You know, just have that ability to, you know, in the old days, you'd wipe the blackboard clean maybe and start again. But, you know, rebooting is more of a modern way of saying things. So I want to give you a few transformational truths uh, that you can actually stir into your life. And I'm hoping that you'll actually remember the scriptures. Because one of the greatest things you can do to change your life is to memorize scripture. One of the greatest things you can do to change your life is to memorize scripture. Thank you. Three people. I will get it there eventually. One of the greatest things you can do to change your life is to... I forgot what I was saying. Okay, sorry. So Ecclesiastes 10 verse 10 that we said yesterday, or last Sunday, sorry, is that using a dull axe requires great strength. So sharpen the blade. That's the value of wisdom. Say wisdom. It helps you succeed. Who's tried foolishness? How did that work for you? (laughs) It was fun till the police showed up and the screaming stopped. (laughs) Wisdom. How important is wisdom? So that life hack is about trying to live smarter and not necessarily harder. Today I want to talk to you about another really important, powerful way to change your life, and that is to change your speech. When you change your words, you will change your world. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat the fruit thereof. In other words, what you say is what you are going to get. You know, what you say will shape what comes back to you. It's a boomerang. It will return to you. Your speech will return. And there's death and life in this little thing that we have, the pink liquor. I think one of the biggest lies I was ever told to growing up as a little child was that little rhyme that says, sticks and stones will break my bones, but names won't 
hurt me. I don't believe that anymore. I've had sticks and stones and I've forgotten them, but I can remember some words. Remember some very bad words that have been said over me. I'm a no-hoper. Uh, my, the number one way I was referred to by my parents was boofhead. Um, uh, had a teacher stop me one day and says, Keating, you'll never amount to anything. You're just a wise guy. I, I can remember those words. I can remember those words. So words are very powerful. So just very quickly, your tongue tells me lots about you. Your tongue tells. In fact, your tongue tells me what you really believe. It's not whether you come to church. It's not whether you raise your hands. It's not whether you shout and clap or all that's very good. But your tongue will tell me what you really do believe. James 1, 26 to 27 says, If any one of you thinks he's religious or spiritual, but does not bridle his tongue, he deceives his own heart. I mean, they don't know it. They think they're good. This person's religious religion is useless. Wow. Is that in the Bible? If anyone thinks he is religious but does not bridle the tongue, he deceives his own heart, and this one's religion is useless. Pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in trouble and to keep yourself unspotted from the world. So here is the test for authentic Christ following, that devotion that says that you've had the inner change. Your speech will reflect something of your inner world and your inner conversations. Your mouth, in other words, will be bridled. So, you know, a horsey, we have six, seven, five. They keep growing and shrinking and stuff. Horses are very big, very strong animals, yes? You can't manhandle a horse by your own brute strength. But if you put something in their mouth, it's called a bridle. It's a couple of bits of metal which with a little bit of effort puts a bit of, bit of pressure on the mouth, you can actually tell this really big, strong animal where to go by the little tugs on its mouth. Little tug this side, it goes this side. Little tug this side. The sign that you're a Christian is that you are bridled by God. There's a little tug on your tongue about what to say. And for me, I love the fact that even a fool is wise when he holds his tongue. That's how smart I am. <laughs> Sometimes I say nothing. nothing. But that's the test of your inner spirituality. There is the absolute evidence on your life because God is guiding your speech. As Colossians says, it's seasoned with salt. Who puts salt on their meal? Won't go into, makes it taste better, doesn't it? Some of us need more salt on our tongues. Speaking the truth, but in love. People's lives are affected and changed by what we say. God shapes things up through praise. Paul and Silas sat in prison, didn't they, in the book of Acts, shackled and chained, and they were, though, in prison, and yet what came out of their mouth wasn't, oh, God, this wasn't what I planned. Now I'm in jail. This is not right. 
you know, I'm your great apostle and now I'm in jail and I've been beaten up and this is not right and I want to do it. That's not what was coming out of their mouth. What was coming out of their mouth, even at midnight, were the praises of God. And as they praised God, guess what happened? Then came victory. I just wonder, the next time you have a problem or you're in your problem, or you're, instead of going and verbalizing all the opinions of the world and the opinions of Facebook and, and all those, other, I just wonder, what if you just praise God? What if you just praise God? What if you made the decision to say, I'm not going to say that. I'm going to say, God, you've got this. God, you're in control. God, there's nothing impossible for you. God, you've got my back. God, you've never failed me now. You're not going to let me go now. God, you're with me in this. I just wonder, maybe you get your own deliverance and the chains would fall off and the prison doors would open and you would be set free. Okay. All right, you don't believe that. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. What were they doing? Sulking and whinging. No, they were praying and singing hymns to God and the prisoners were listening to them. And that's the thing, guys. Prisoners, those imprisoned by their habits, imprisoned by their life, their backgrounds, their stories, prisoners are listening to you and they're listening to me, aren't they? They are listening, listening for the words that come out of their mouth. And suddenly there's a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors are open and everyone's... Hey, just not Paul and Silas got set free, but all the prisoners got released because of what came out of their mouth, because of the breakthrough of praise. Praise will open up doors that whinging will close. And we each have this choice every day of our life. We can live absorbed in our worry and our stress on the fast track of busy, 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 busy. Let's get more busy with our busyness. Focus on what surrounds us and turn into the roar of the world that won't leave us alone. A world of selfies and selfishness, of fake book and the faith book. Our language defines our worlds. Your words will build your world. Negative words will produce a black world and God's word will bring kingdom life. Uh, Many, many years ago, some of you would have heard this story, but it just stands out. I had a Bible college student whose name, I'm not joking, was Sharky for Jesus. He, he seemed to like that name. He actually had it changed from what it was to Sharky for Jesus. And he came out of a, a particular time when the church was really emphasizing the power of having a positive confession. And this guy, look, I'm not trying to be unkind, but when brains were given out, he was more towards the back end of the, the line. Lovely guy, simple man, but he got this one point. He got this one principle, sharky for Jesus. 
And of course, he was a wonderful witness because everywhere he'd go, he'd actually would uh, tell people his name and ask him, why are you sharky for Jesus? He says, well, you know, you could be David for Jesus. You know, you could be Chris for Jesus, you know. <laughs> and he'd witness to them. So one of those very interesting characters. Uh, when he finished Bible college... Um, people were saying to him, because there's often a lot of pressure when you get to graduation, uh, you know, what's happening to you? You know, what are you going to do? You're going to go and serve. He says, oh, I'm going to go serve Kenneth Hagin. Uh, Kenneth Hagin's a big American preacher, you know, international ministry. And he says, oh, wow, that's, that's fantastic. Now, he hadn't spoken to Kenneth Hagin, hadn't had an email from Kenneth Hagin. Kenneth Hagin did not know who Sharky for Jesus was. But he would just say, oh, I'm going to serve Kenneth Hagin. So after a while, some of the people says, well, you know, how are you getting? He says, oh, well, I'm probably going to fire. I'm just trusting God for the money. And so, you know, some of his Bible college friends gave him $50 here and someone gave him $100 there. And before he knew it, he had enough money for the airfare. So he gets on the plane, flies to America, looks up Kenneth Hagin's schedule, finds out he's doing a conference in a particular area, goes to the conference, he registers for the conference. When he's there, people say, who are you? He says, I'm Sharky for Jesus. He says, oh, what are you doing? He says, I've come all the way from Australia uh, to be on Kenneth Hagin's team. Someone thought that he was actually, you know, a person of importance <laughs> and takes him to the VIP section and sits him right behind Kenneth Hagin. In the meantime... Someone else comes and sits in. Who's is on the team? Says, who are you? Well, my name is Bob. And, well, my name's Sharky for Jude. What are you doing? He says, I've come from America to join Kenneth Hagen's team. Says, oh, where are you staying? Says, I've got nowhere to stay. Uh, I've just arrived. I don't know what to do at this stage. And says, well, you can come stay with me. <laughs> Long story short, he ended up being on Kenneth Hagen's team. Now, it's just an amazing thing but your words are powerful it will shape and define your world hebrews says that we know by faith that god formed the universe by word wow now my word thank you jesus is not as powerful as god's word because sometimes i've said things i shouldn't have said and there'll be a whole lot of charcoal people around me (laughs) but you get it words have power So your tongue tells me about your spirituality. Your tongue tells me who you are as well. Jesus gives us that working practical principle about life. Your tongue will inevitably reveal what's on your inside. True? True. Matthew 12, 33 and 37. Either make the tree good and its fruit good or either make the tree bad and it's fruit bad for a tree is known by its fruit you brood of vipers how can you being evil speak of good things because out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks a good man brings out good things from his heart and an evil man brings evil things out of his heart but i say to you that every idle word men may speak they'll have to give account of in the day of judgment For by your words you will be justified and by your words you will be condemned. Wow. I can even say that backwards. Wow. It's amazing, isn't it? How powerful 
words are. And what comes out shows you who you are. Now, when I was a young pastor last year, last decade, last century, uh, I've been pastoring for about or seven weeks or something. I'm 26 years of age, green as a cucumber, and I've been invited to go to the local minister's fraternal. I didn't really know what a minister's fraternal was. I now run one, but uh, so I'm a bit nervous, young fella going in there. And it was at the, uh, I won't mention the name of the denomination, that would be unkind, but it was at a more traditional sort of a place. And we get there and there's about three or four people. I was by far the youngest person in the room. And literally, someone brought out some cucumber sandwiches. I was told there was cucumber sandwiches. And I was really grateful because they cut the crusts off. So they're nice little cucumber sandwiches. And we had our cappuccino coffee and we're about to start. And I, I was a bit nervous because I just started ducking in to all these cucumber sandwiches. Who likes cucumber sandwiches? I burp and burp and horrible things, you know. But I just say, uh, should, uh, should we say grace? When all of a sudden someone with a very fancy collar turned around and says, excuse me, I'm not going to say the word, but he said, S-H-I-T, you're not going to get religious on us. And it's like, you could have slapped me. (laughs) Wow, (laughs) I was not expecting that. But out of the heart, the mouth speaks, doesn't it? Out of the heart, the mouth will speak. Shows me who you really are. I... I hope I'm not making you nervous. You can still talk to me. But I can tell a lot about someone. I can tell. Because the tongue tells, doesn't it? Your tongue tells me where you are going as well. In the old days, when you were sick, your parents or maybe even the doctor would tell you to stick out your tongue. And I did that once to a doctor and he says, Yoich, you are sick. (laughs) Put it back. (laughs) It was green. One of my favourite texts in the Bible is uh, Ephesians 4, 29 to 30. Do not use foul or abusive language, but let everything, say everything, let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. I really do pray in every conversation I have, Do I walk away from that conversation knowing that I've helped that person lift a little bit? It might only be a little bit. Or did I put them down a little bit? Did I encourage or did I discourage? Because the Bible wants us to use words that encourage to those who hear them. And then there's uh, verse 30. Now, you'll hear Pentecostals quote this over and again. Oh, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. You know, don't grieve God, you know. The drums are too loud. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit because you're wearing the wrong clothes. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit because whatever, whatever, whatever. But you know what it's about in context? You, you grieve God when your words don't help people. When some Christians come, you actually want to run from them because you know when the words come out, the words are going to be... Problem, hassle, complaint, issue, whatever. And that's not saying you don't fix things and you know there's a place to improve things and all the rest. 
But there are other people that approach you and you just know that you're going to feel better after you had a conversation with them. I mean, you know, do you know what I'm talking about? You understand? Great. All right. Uh, Stories told of John Wesley was preaching on one occasion and as uh, just before he was about to preach, he'd put on a new tie. In those days, it was the tie that's like had the little ribbons, looked more like a bow tie a little bit. And so he uh, was a bit, uh, he'd worn this new tie. And as he went up to sort of like preach, the, the lady, one of the ladies said, oh, I'm afraid, um, Mr. Wesley, I think your, your tie, I think, is offensive. It's a bit too modern. It's a bit too smart. You know, all those dangly things are a bit... Uh, little bit ostentatious so uh you know if you don't mind i'd like to just trim them for you and so she took out a pair of scissors from her bag and she just cut off little bits and pieces off the tie and she's and mr wesley said well thank you sister i really appreciate that but if you don't mind also i've actually found your speech a little bit offensive could I borrow your scissors <laughs> and can I cut off your tongue, please? <laughs> mm. Proverbs says that death and death and death and are in the power of the tongue. There's not a single bone in our tongue and yet we can pull down families, we can pull down nations, we can pull down leaders, we can pull down churches, we can pull down leaders in this little tongue. We're going to just throw you up a true story about Thomas Edison, whose electric lights we enjoy right now. And the telephone and a few other things.
power of words. Today, the world is increasingly more polluted than ever, isn't it? But it's just not environmentally more polluted. It is word polluted with language that would not have been tolerated 30 years ago. We have abandoned a right and wrong system of truth. Truth is no longer considered relevant. Many would rather have tolerance as their only truth. And tolerance sets up irreligious restrictions on everything. You're not allowed to have an opinion about anything. If you disagree with someone, anything goes. Isaiah 5.20 says, Woe to those who call evil good. Woe to those who call evil good. And good evil who put darkness for life and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. A great way to reboot your life for 2019 is to change your words and thus change your world. The best way to predict the future is to create the one that you want and talk into it. Um, There is a... um, Amazing story of a aged care home. It's a, one of these very older type hostels, you know, that go back, you know, 50 years sort of thing. And uh, it's a ward full of about a dozen beds of which uh, uh, males, uh, it's a male dorm, pretty primitive, pretty rough conditions. And one of the beds has the privilege of being next to a window. And all the other 11 beds, all they can do is look at the same surroundings day in and day out, 24 hours a day. But one person has the preferred choice position is that they've got the bed with the window. And so he can get up onto his elbow and he can look out that window and describes, you know, what's going on. There's a park across the road and today there's that little red-headed girl who's got her little puppy dog and... They're playing on the merry-go-round and people would ask, you know, tell us again, what can you see out the window? What's the weather like, etc.? And then eventually, uh, as comes to all of us, the man died and there was, uh, you know, an opportunity for everybody else to get beds. Now, one of the men there was incredibly jealous and incredibly envious and he thought it was very unfair and very unjust that he wasn't able to have the bed near the window. And so when the opportunity came, he was uh, the one who was fortunate enough to be chosen to change from where he was to that bed near the window. And he's really excited about this. You know, he's, this is the best thing that could happen to you if you lived in that particular place at that time, in that retirement centre. And as he gets into the bed, he sort of gets up on his elbow and looks out the window. And you know what he sees? He sees a brick wall. And he suddenly has a sense of, oh, okay, I get it. The person who was in here, with their words, they were able to create another world that we all enjoyed. But now it's his responsibility to change his language and to change his words and to change people's world. Hey, guys, what if you're wonderful? What if you're amazing? What if you're marvellous? What if you're healthy? What if you're brilliant? What if you're stronger than what you think you are? What if you're more capable? Who's feeling a bit better already? Why don't you say, I am wonderful? 
Some of us are wonderfully good. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So I want to just, in closing, just say to you, when you're squeezed and the language that comes out, is it victim speak or is it victor speak? You can be in the same battle and be the loser or be the winner. You can have the language of being a conqueror or you can have the language of being a victim. So, hey guys, never again say I can't because you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Never again will you say lack because your God can supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. Never again say fear for God's not giving you a spirit of fear but of love and power and a sound mind. Never again would you say that you doubt or lack faith because God's given every person a measure of faith. Never again say weakness because the Lord is the strength of your life, Psalm 27.1. And the people who know that God shall do strong and mighty exploits. Never again say Satan is ruling over life, he's giving me a hard time because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Amen? Never again will I say I lack wisdom for Christ Jesus has made the wisdom of God. Never again will I confess sickness because by his stripes I'm healed. Never again will I say worries and frustrations because I'm casting all my cares upon him who cares for me. Do you get it? Do you get it? Do you get it? Okay, I want to lay hands on your tongues today. So everybody stick out, stick out those pink liquors and we're going to lay hands on every one of them <laughs> and pray that God will give you new language because that new language is so powerful. So hack number one, Ecclesiastes 10 verse 10, work, live smarter, not harder. What's the wisdom things that you need to do? What you need to control, alter, delete. And now maybe we can just say, God, put that bridle on Mike's mouth so that instead of outcoming is the complaints and the whinges, out comes that which is positive and life-affirming. Uh, I have a final video to show you. <clears throat> Thank you. I wrote the same, but in different words. Thanks, love.
It's a beautiful day, and I just can't see it. It's a beautiful life, but I just can't see it. It's a beautiful relationship, but I just can't see it. It's a beautiful job, but I just can't see it. It's a a great challenge for us to see things the way that God sees it. Take the hand of someone next to you. We're going to pray. Can I ask the band up, please? Thank you, Lord. Gary's a bit nervous. Thank you, Lord. Uh, Lord, the ancients uh, thought that uh, once a word left our mouth, that it actually would have a power and it would continue on in time forever and ever and ever. Well, scientists tell us that's true, that if you've got the right measurements, you've got the right instruments, Lord, anything that I've said, Lord, it still exists. It's still out there, still causing vibrations and ripples in the universe. And, Lord, for many of us, Lord, we've um, been on the end of some hurtful words and some terrible things have been said and spoken. And, Lord, we just ask right now, by the power of your Holy Spirit, we break every curse, every negativity, every structure, every framework that was placed around us that's lied and it's inhibited us. Lord, and we say, I am free. I am free from those words. And Lord, I do ask that you'd help each of us now to put new words, Lord, on our tongue. That Lord, we begin to speak, Lord, life and joy and right choices. Lord, even if in the natural, Lord, it doesn't seem right. But Lord, we know that there's creative power. Lord, when we speak, Align to what your word says. Lord, I, I do pray you'd help each of us.